Hi, I'm Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy and host of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. Every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, I talk to my best friend, Stephen Othello, and your favorites from within the Ringer and beyond about friendships on TV, in movies, pop culture, and our real lives. So join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, where we try to answer the question TLC asked back in the day, what about your friends? This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Shoes? You know it's coming. We were just talking about it off the air. Who is the pro wrestling equivalent of Bradley Beal? (laughs) <laughs> just got traded to the Suns for pennies on the dollar. Oh, my God. Has a contract. Let's just say has a reputation, a, a, a reputation from a couple years back that is so much bigger than his actual value to a team. But he's still a name that everybody knows. Bradley Beal, the, un, the, the undoubtedly, I'm so glad you put this, Undoubtedly, the Bradley Beal of professional wrestling is Sean Waltman, a.k.a. X-Pac, right? What? Like, Yes. So think about it, right? Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. When X-Pac left the NWO to join DX, right? Oh. They got him for pretty much nothing. He was mm-hmm. like pennies on the dollar. But before he was even mentioned as anything, he was known as the 123 kid. He had all these great, he had this great moment with Razor Ramon and these, you know, sort of kind mm-hmm. of maybe toiling away in the cruiserweight division for a while. Okay. He goes to WWE and he's not like the biggest, most important person of DX, but when he gets there, he's immediately remembered as the guy who went from the NWO to DX and not all the other stuff that he, uh, that mm-hmm. he, he was known for. Uh, before before that whole thing, so I, I would say Sean Waltman is probably the closest. That was a very kind, like that was a very kind reading. Phil Phil Schneider was that a on deep, the show was too. That a deep cut? Can I have a can I hot take it? Do it. I take it. Go. Is it Bret Hart? I signed this giant, unwieldy, impossible <laughs> contract that nobody can, Bravo. that the Bravo. company can, cannot handle, and I have to that we have to get out of it in an ugly, messy way. That, yeah, so it only there. remains to be seen <laughs> if the Washington Wizards can turn like four second round picks into um, uh, an on-screen character <laughs> for their general manager or owner that will change the course of the entire franchise. As a comparison, it's good news for the Wizards and bad news for the Suns because Bret Hart basically ineffectual and useless in WCW, right? I mean, you know, he had a had the Benoit match, uh, which we won't no. talk about, the and a couple the- other things. Yeah, exactly. A couple yeah. of other things that were pretty good, but mostly a failure. Uh, yeah. no, no real fault of his own. No, I think that the real measuring stick here is whether Wizards owner Ted Leonsis is going to come out 
<laughs> say Beal screwed Beal in a sit down interview. <laughs> Listen, if and really, anything, and everyone's just going to become the biggest Ted Leonsis fans that it doesn't matter what they lost. He is going to bring footballs and seats. If there's anything yeah. that come, came good from the Bret Hart to WCW, uh, I guess era is we've got decades and decades of Bret Hart and Goldberg beef, right? So <laughs> if it's not for that move, we don't get the great, like probably his his greatest arrival, his greatest feud has been him just constantly shitting on Goldberg anytime he gets a microphone and a camera. So, I mean, if we can get something close to that, like what would be, the, I guess the equivalent of that would be Bradley Beal just I- shitting on I don't know DeAndre Ayton for the next twenty years <laughs> yeah, yeah. of his life or that, something. That's that's definitely that's definitely in the cards. I mean, that could totally, if, if, if DeAndre Ayton plays for them this season, that could definitely happen. Listen, I DeAndre you, Ayton could definitely almost concuss Bradley Beal by only, accident. The only quibble, the only quibble I have with your whole thing is that the best thing we got out of Bret Hart and WCW is who are you to question all dandy? Anyway, we have to start the show. <laughs> we'll keep talking about it. Let's roll the music. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I have Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to You're listening to You're listening to And you're listening to You are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? Thanks for holding it down on Thursday. Oh, man, that was so fun. Shout out uh, Angelo Dawkins. He was please. so good, man. Oh, man, we had a blast doing that. We had a blast. It was great. Thank you for letting me rock with that, man. It was great. It was fun. Oh, I'm so excited to see that happen. And Phil Schneider, how you doing, man? Doing good, guys. Glad to be back. So uh, I, a bunch of stuff to talk about. This is like a this is like a post-pay-per-view Monday episode of, the Mas- of Mass Mondays because we got a whole new show called AEW Collision to talk through. Um. I'm sorry, Kaz. I was trying to lead you like by the nose into saying that CM Punk is the Bradley Beal of pro wrestling just just for the clicks, <laughs> just for the engagement, even though I don't believe it at all. But uh, you that the Xbox argument was good. I do think that I, I'm I think I'm, I'm leaning towards Phil and Bret Hart. I see. I could, I could see contract. that. I could see that. I could see that. I mean, that doesn't have one bill. One bill. Bill doesn't mm-hmm. one bill. Bill doesn't really have the same ring to it i guess but i see I, I see what you're cooking man i smell what you're cooking i so mean it's a music i started this pod with semi bret hart slander considering we're talking about cm punk this well, I, was gonna, no, I, I was about to say in this show's history i was about to say <laughs> the only thing that was that would make people matter than cm punk slander it might be bret hart slander so i think mm-hmm. we really we really just hit it just uh, hit it out of the park there so thank you phil um mm-hmm. I, I i let's go right into collision by the way, hello to super producer Brian H. Waters, too. How you doing, Brian? What up, B. Waters? I'm good. I'm good. How y'all? Oh, you're wearing your top dad shirt? You guys have nice Father's Days? We got a, we got a, we got an <laughs> army of dads here. Oh, That's yes, true. we do. Oh, my gosh. I, I just changed my uh, second uh, second dad, uh, second Father's Day t-shirt uh, that I was wearing with the with the baby and the kids into this nice little hoodie number, but I feel like I should go put it back on now. Brian, show me up. <laughs> My my eight year old said, "Hey dad, I bought you this shirt." I said, "All right, cool. I'll wear it on the show." That's hey, nice. that's <laughs> top dad, top dad. My wife left town for the weekend. 
So my spent my I spent my Father's Day on full solo dad duty since like Friday oh, afternoon. Man. So that was what that I did. Is- I was. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't think she realized it was Father Day when she scheduled the trip. And then it got closer. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? I'm going to be on because, you know, my daughter, who is a delight and a wonder, is three years old and not the easiest kid to put to bed. So when you have to do <laughs> when you have to, like, do the double juggle where the one kid is in his room and the Magnolia's getting. Oh, my gosh. So that was my Father's Day. It was awesome. I love my kids. Well- Way to I keep it real, the three-year-old. It's like, yeah, you're good, but, you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> the, you're down to sleep is... <laughs> not the best. Not the best. Definitely. A nice, I, a nice compliment sandwich. I love it. I went out to, uh, I went out to hang out, like I said, hang out with some other dads in a in a different New Jersey suburban town, and we were at the at their public pool, super fancy town, fancy, you know, it was a, it was a nice old-fashioned pool. And one of the guys I was with, one of the dads I was with came up, and he, the guy, he, he lives there, and he was like, Hey man, you do wrestling podcasts, right? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah. There's a guy here that's on my kids' soccer. We our kids play soccer together. He does MMA podcasts. Do you know what MMA is? And I was like, yeah. Who are you talking about? And he's like, his name's Ariel. He's over that guy over there throwing the football. <laughs> just like Helwani. And so I just went over and yeah, got to hang out with fellow dad Ariel Helwani for the uh, fire for, for an hour. Combat so. sports dads, man. That's that's the way to live. Keep it Love real, it. man. Uh, anyway, more importantly. Uh, noted non-dad Phil Brooks aka CM Punk debuted a new show anchored a new show um, AEW's new Saturday night show I'm gonna save my theme song notes for later I guess I just said Saturday night and I had to get it just popped into my head but, Saturday, uh, Saturday Saturday I, I was talking Saturday. to Phil I was talking to Phil before we hit record and, and I'll say this my top note for the show was that I really enjoyed it you know, like I when I watched it, I was just like, nah, that was a damn good two hours of pro wrestling. Like, I was mm-hmm. really, I really enjoyed. And then when I started actually making my notes, like, what are we going to talk about in the podcast? I was like, dude, this is like really negative, <laughs> not really negative, but it was a lot of nitpicking. You know, was a, there are a lot of I had a lot of quibbles with it. Um, I will say just from the top, I want to get you guys in now. I really enjoyed CM Punk's promo in a vacuum. Uh, I enjoyed the main event that CM Punk worked, although he wasn't in the ring a ton, uh, as a match in a vacuum. I think as the bookends of a brand new show, it kind of missed the mark. And, and I don't know if there's some, I don't know if there's some, um, some forbidden door, uh, chess movement, chessboard movement that that's prohibiting them from actually like, you know, doing a thing on this show that would make you want to watch again next week with a storyline or something. But it just felt like a little bit calorie free uh, and, and a bad, I mean, as an insult, there wasn't a lot of there there. And, and, and I think more than anything else, I came away thinking, I don't know what this show is. I don't know how this show is different than your other shows, except that it's all about CM Punk. And I think that that's the exact wrong message that you want to be sending. I don't know, Kaz, what did you think? Um, I think I loved the show, by the way. I thought like, I did from, too. I enjoyed I, I it. Thought like, it was, I thought it was a fire, like standalone show, but that, that was my one. And the, what you said at the very end of that was my one and only like drawback. It was like, it didn't feel like it was teasing anything for next week's collision. It teased a lot of dynamite. It sees a lot of forbidden door, mm-hmm. but it didn't really do much of saying this is why you should tune in next Saturday night. And and 
Had I not known this is a brand new show, it would have felt like just a, oh, like, like a clash of the champions. One of those just random, hey, here comes a bunch of matches. Punk's going to talk at the, at the beginning of the show. And they're going to main event the show. And then that's it. I think everything that happened in between there, though, was really, really good. My only thing was... I mean, um, everything there was that Luchasaurus Warlow match. <laughs> oh, well, there, there's, there's, there's that. So the, T- the TNT championship is already on my, what a disaster. On my list of whatever the fuck. But no, no, wait, wait. The TNT championship, the, T- the TNT championship title change is a, is the a f- official AEW hallmark yep. of nothing else of consequence will happen tonight. We got to do something. <laughs> to change the TNT titles. Fuck it. <laughs> I um, mean, if we had to, if we had to rank. The importance of AEW titles. How far down the list is the TNT title? Like, is there it below a, like Willow Nightingale's New Japan Strong Women's title? Yes, one thousand percent. So I where think is are, it? The ROH Pure title. It feels like it's kind of below that. <laughs> I mean, how 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 many times? There's a lot of titles. How many titles do we have to get to before? Yeah, because we get the ROH boards. I mean the 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 NWGP strong women's championship. Okay, maybe that's stretching it a little bit. Although it does feel like because it, she just got the title, it feels like more of a going concern. But yeah, the ROH Pure title, I it, it's it's it matters more because I know what that title is all about. Right, that title has like an like a built in meaning, a built in storyline. The TNT Championship, it's the hot potato belt. It's the hot potato belt. It's definitely the oh my gosh, this is something to pop the crowd. It's the TV championship. It's definitely the essential. It's it's the equivalent of what the WCW TV title was way back when, where it's just like, hey, we don't got much for everybody else on the show. Let's just throw this out here and make it happen. But I don't want oh, to pick TV on title. That. Oh, 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 I, I mean, there's like, like I could name ten memorable WCW TV title moments. Exactly. Like, I was gonna say. Like, <laughs> listen, Tully there was Blanchard, there was some there was some. There was some Dusty. Ma- there was some uh, memorable TNT title matches in like the first like three or four months or five months of that company. And no, then- you're right. They had, it's had some big moments, and I think it's it can ebb and flow. I don't think yeah. that's the thing. Phil, what was your big takeaway from from Collision? Um, I think I probably liked the entirety of the show less than you guys did, and maybe the Punk stuff more. I think would be the thing. Like I thought, I thought the you're a, actual you're, you're, you're a punk whisper. You're a resident punk whisperer. I mean, you, I don't know. You, you, I don't I have no idea how I got that job. But yes, I guess I am. And uh, and I I so I I thought. I mean, really, the only thing that matters is uh, for this show is are they d- going to do the punk stuff right? Really, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, if you think about it, that's what matters. Are they going to do the punk stuff right? Is he going to be a uh, uh, be able to sort of contr- have this show be his playground the way and was I think that was pretty successful. I do agree, I did find it rel- relatively inexplicable that we didn't have at least something to build to next week. Well maybe I they know did. that di- maybe I they know did. that look and dynamites in dynamites in Chicago guys and I at least the rumors that I've heard and those are internet rumors is that they the elite are not going to be on dynamite and punk is and maybe that's what they set up for mm. collision okay. next week well, is he I'm, runs I'll, a big angle this. on dynamite. I'll say this: When uh, Punk came out, like he didn't deliberately uh, mention why you should tune in next week, but I do think the bag conversation was uh, a two-way thing. I think there's, you know, him mentioning the bag, like Kenta talking about, "Hey, this is the only reason why I'm going to come fight you is for the bag," which is a euphemism for my non-melanated folks, which means a lot of money. And um, there was also the 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 insinuation that what was inside that bag was the AEW world title that he never lost to MJF. So you got two built-in stories there. And if you're, 
you know, if we're all reading the tea leaves like Phil is about Dynamite being in Chicago and the bag and the title and even thinking about MJF saying, I'm not going to defend my title to some, you know, indie Mark Jabroni, whatever. I could totally see a world where MJF no-shows Forbidden Door against Tanahashi. Punk rolls in with his title and says, I'll defend my title against him. And then that's how you get, you know, him back in there and you set up all these other matches or whatever. Um, but I do think everything that Punk did out there was was on purpose. I don't think he wasn't he was sitting there just like ranting just to get shit off his chest. I think everything that he mentioned is eventually going to lead. Well, I would hope is eventually going to lead to something that is storyline driven into into. I just hope they drag Why out the what's collision. in the bag mystery as if we as it like <laughs> like make it really we can't over the go top. That in- we can't do that another again, right? Not with it's la- like not, Eric, what did can't Eric, do another rugby, another red. Yeah, beer, Eric Rowan's box. Um, there have, what are the other? What's behind the What's it's, in the egg? It's Brandon Cutler's head, like at the end of seven. Yeah. He just pulls it up, and it's Brandon Cutler's severed head. God, that, is, that, that would be dark. fantastic. Um, I mean, not for you know the parties, Brandon all, Cutler storyline wise. Um, yeah. I, will, I do want to, before, I mean, because I think this conversation is largely about punk. I do want to give a big, a big shout to um, to uh, Buddy Matthews and Andrade El Idolo, who I have gone on the record. I think I think I this first came up the moment when whichever the latter of the two signed with AEW was, where I was like, I look at these two guys and I see two action figures from the same line that I just really want to smash together as like an eight-year-old, you know? Like, just, I want to see them fight. And that match lived up to those eight-year-old dreams of mine or whatever. I mean, it was, that match was a lot of fun. And uh, unclear, but that I th- that might play forward till next week. I mean, that that might be a thing where Andrade needs to go get some buds to back him up against, against uh, you know, these diabolical demon worshipers over here. And, and But that match... I thought it was really, it was a lot. Um, I mean, both these guys are, you know, they look like they weigh about 350 pounds each, even though they're like smaller <laughs> dudes. I mean, so yep. it shouldn't be surprised, but it felt like it had a literal gravity that a lot of matches you see don't. I'm not just talking about AEW. There was, it, there was a lot of aerial. There was a lot of, a lot of, you know, Lucha obviously in the match, but it just, it just felt, I, I don't know. I felt like it was, I felt like it was a like one, one busted forehead away from a match you would really love, Phil. It was like it was the modern version of an old like like brawl. Yeah, yeah, that no, was, I liked that. that I was, thought it was great. Yeah, that yeah, was a match that made me remember, like, oh my god, I forgot how awesome Andrade was, and I think that was a big theme with Collision. And I don't want to say necessarily. Uh, I guess this is going to be a brand split, but it definitely helps that a lot of these guys that wrestled that Collision that I hadn't seen in a while and forgot just how great they were, and Andrade at the top of the list. Miro, Miro. as well, mm-hmm. like, right there. Even though Samoa Joe's a Ring of Honor mainstay, like, anytime he comes out and does anything, he feels like a big fucking deal. Like, that was what really sold it for me. It was like, oh, man, like, I forgot just how many, how bloated, I mean, you know, for lack of a better term, how bloated this roster was and how much space that guys like Andrade, like Buddy, like Miro, like, all these guys that were treated like the big fucking deals that WWE missed out on when they let them go get that time to actually perform and actually show what they're what they're made of. But Andrade was like, I think outside of Punk was the MVP of of that first episode of Collision. Like, I'm like, that's what I will watch. That reminded me of WCW Saturday Night when I could just like watch a random Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio banger 
for like 10 minutes or something like that. And and then, you know, yeah, well, that's that what, was that's almost more uh, it was awesome. That was almost more like you get a 10 minute uh, William Regal Fit Finley banger yeah, from the amount right. of, you know, like almost more than Psychosis Ray because those guys were hammering the crap out of each other in a really entertaining yes. way. I do think I would have liked to see the lights go out and House of Black come off, the lights go out again, and that's Rush and Trilistico in the ring backing up Andrade. That's, and that's what I thought next was going to happen. Did, that's what I thought was going to happen too, and I was like, oh, that would have been awesome. Why didn't they just Am I wrong in saying the lights went out, and when they came up, House of Black was in it, but then the lights went out again, and they just went to commercial, right? Yeah. And that I was wanted a weird that choice. To, I wanted that to be Rush. I wanted that to be Jalistico. Okay. I wanted it to be then next week it's LFI versus House of Black for the trios titles as you're underneath whatever Punk does main event of the show. Um, I don't know. I, I I think there's visa issues with Rush or something. So maybe that was the reason. Not they him beating do up that. Jungle Boy in that match. <laughs> so many people took me to task on that one. I swear to God, that uh, me, was, that was... me too, David. I I was was what I I wrote that match up for the whole thing I'm doing with Patreon with Nick Bond. I love that match. I, what are you talking about? Since when does Rush not kick the shit out of people? I was he always can, no. I know he kicks the shit out of people, but the, I, but but to put him in the ring with your scrawniest dude that you're trying to get over seemed like more negligent than the idea of putting a murderer in the ring. Like that's that, like the, the match was just, it was such a dumb match. I could, I can't wrap my head around it. That's pro wrestling. You got a big mean guy beating up your little guy. Who's going to have some home spots and get a big win at the end. That's, you know, that goes, you, there's, there's matches from the fifties that look like that. Uh, it's right, true. Well, that's, that's a conversation I didn't have on the mass man show a month and a half ago. So we can get back to that. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's one of our favorite things to do Rush. here. To rehash old stuff. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, 
all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. I want to talk a little bit. Kaz said the magic words here. He said he said um, brand split. Now you you know as as you said, Phil, there are rumors that Punk might be on on Dynamite on Wednesday, and it wouldn't shock me at all if he was he were. Even if we are working towards a pretty a, a, a pretty functional brand split, because you know you want to sort of prove that there's not a brand split before you go into the brand split that you're sort of forced to have. Um, who knows? But we saw all the people who are on the opening video package of AEW Collision, and it was um, it was all it was the people that were on the show, plus like Thunder Rosa, but you know there were a few others or whatever. But uh, it seems like there's going to be a pretty functional brand split. I don't know. I mean, I think. We talked about this a little bit before, but Phil, I want to get your take on this. When we say brand split, we think of WWE and we think of the utter failure of their various brand splits over the years, right? I mean, there, there, there's on the one hand, the idea of like the, the uh, ratings failure where, you know, that, that has that famously there was the one that ended with John Cena just being allowed to break the brand, brand split rules so that he could boost ratings on both channels. There is the uh, probably more frequently the creative failure that there's just not actually a commitment to doing two separate things in any real way. And so it sort of it, it doesn't feel legitimate. And I think bro- more more broadly, I mean, that's an office failure, right? We're not going to have real separate creative teams with power where we're still funneling everything to the same to the same place. And so it's it's going to all feel the same. And then but I think more philosophically or at least more metaphysically, whatever you want to say. The idea of a brand split is that you should want, like you, fans should be foaming at the mouth for Survivor Series or WrestleMania to see the people from the different brands fight, and WWE's never pulled that off. I think the fear, obviously, with AEW is that if they do have a brand split, it's actually going to be a really practical brand split because there are a lot of people that can't be in the same building together, apparently. But it's never going to get to pay off if all that is true. And that does, and I can't decide if I mean if if that's just like a different version of the WWE brand split problem, or if it's way worse. I feel like it would be grossly negligent or just not the smartest idea ever if you're going to invite the idea of a brand split without the actual possibility of at least working together once a year, or at least like whatever the fuck happened between y'all. The fact that they went above and beyond getting God knows how much money from Warner Brothers Discovery to get a whole nother show on another day of the week where you don't have to, you know, deal with certain people that you've had to deal with in the past. And the fact is, if you're a... Any competent wrestling mind knows, hey, if this goes well, the best money is in at least working with these people that we haven't seen on the same show for however long Collision last right so it, it, it made me think with the whole punk stuff and even with Miro coming back and Andrade and yada 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 that the big payoff has to be eventually these these all these things all coming to pass like there's it, it felt like there's too many eyes that had to be dotted and T's that had to be crossed for them to not say okay before we even go through with this shit, yes, we know you guys can't fucking get along, but on this 
unnamed date in 2023 or the beginning of 2024. We're having our biggest fucking show ever. And you are working the elite, punk. Like we're gonna that's what we're working towards. Andrada, you are working such and such. Then that's what I mean we're they're they're for. having they're having their biggest show ever in a couple in a month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it wouldn't I'm saying like when collision was even being like thought about. It's like, yo, listen, in a few months, we're gonna build this shit up so much. We're gonna use all of this internet chatter and this shitty brawl out situation. We're gonna flip it to a positive and at and we're not going through with all this unless you guys agree and 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 you know want to work with each other. And I'm cool no, with no, that. No, 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 no. But cool okay, I'm sorry. I you're everything you're saying is correct, unless there's just a unless they just can't. And what are they going to do? Not bring Punk back? Not have AEW Collision? I don't know. Okay, Phil, you were on the message board with Tony Khan back in the day. What what do you when you when you guys were doing your fantasy booking or whatever the hell you guys did over there? <laughs> What what do you, I mean, obviously Tony Khan is sitting there thinking, oh man, if I could just get punk and the and the and the elite in the ring together, that would be the I mean, that would be my fan's dream because he understands the work, the work shoot, work and shoot, whatever work versus shoot stuff better than everybody else, or as well as anybody else. But what do you where do you think he's at right now? Yeah, I don't that's why I don't think they're gonna would have any sort of brand split that would have any solidity to it. I don't think he's going to want to separate his toys into different toy boxes and not be able to use them when he wants. He hasn't been able to do that at all with ROH, right? Like ROH, you know, he's got theoretically this entire separate company, but there's been at no point where it, there hasn't been a complete overlap with wrestlers, right? ROH guys on on AW, AW, I mean, you know, like not like Claudio won the title and then went over to ROH. We didn't see him again. He's on Dynamite every week, right? You know, uh, the same thing with the Lucha Brothers. So I don't think he, you're going to be a situation where you're going to have anybody, anybody who's unique to the shows outside of the guys who are unique to the shows because they have to be unique to the shows because of their attorneys. Is my theory to, about this? According to Jerome, oh no, this is from this is from Fightful Select. They've said that the 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 AW's plans for the roster split have softened leading up to the premiere edition of Collision, um, and that. You know, there would be some natural sharing of talent between the two shows. Okay. But that also sounds like that. I mean, you know, if, if every, when I say Ross, when I say brand split, you know, I'm only talking about the guys at the very top, right? Mm -hmm. It does. It's not, I'm not going to, if Willem Nightingale shows up on, on dynamite, I'm not going to be like, holy shit, I was wrong. There's no, there's no (laughs) brand split. You know, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but like, you know, but I don't know. It's, it's a very strange situation. And, and it, but and I think Punk's going to show up on Dynamite on Wednesday. I think the, the entirety of this brand split is going to last all of uh, I hope so. four days. I hope you're right. <laughs> like five you, days. And then, what, you know, they, and they'll just keep them apart until somebody decides that to 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 end this idiocy and just uh, and just be able to deal with each other. So, so if, I don't know who that Punk, is. but By the way, Punk did a better job of defending himself uh, than just about anybody has done. Over, since the time we saw him last, when he said the only people softer than the wrestler, the, the only people softer than you are the wrestlers who you root for, to people who thought he <laughs> owed them an apology, it, which is funny because I don't think he owes anybody an apology. But for some reason, I did sort of imagine him coming out and saying "I'm sorry" as like to open the podcast, but then like turning it on its head, which I guess is sort of what happened. But that for, I was just expecting an "I'm sorry," just like a, I don't know. Anyway, 
But that was a great. I line. mean, there are great- some remarkably soft elite fans on the internet. If you're on wrestling Twitter, the softness <laughs> of some of those elite fans is sure. a- amazing for somebody who. Oh, I, I think we've all felt the wrath of of the softness of elite fans <laughs> on this God. on this spot. And, I, and trust me, I love I love wrestling Reddit. You guys are awesome, and I know you're hearing this. But you can't. You, Punk wouldn't have said it if it wouldn't have some sort of validity to it. Like there are some a little bit of. Eh, Oh my gosh! So a lot of a lot of clutch pearling when so, it comes to those guys sometimes. Uh, uh, pearl clutching, but clutch pearling made total pearl sense pl- to me for about two <laughs> seconds. And, um, did I say did I say clutch pearling or yeah. pearl clutching? Pearl clutch, clutching. Clutch yeah. pearling was like a dude on an eighty sitcom. <laughs> so the classically trained my, actor clutch pearling is playing. Clutch pearling is going to be my NXT name when I when I go to the PC. Uh. So CM Punk is might show up on Dynamite and do something shocking and unexpected. But you're right. The big, their biggest show ever is coming up. If we had to read, if we had to go off what we know now, it looks like Punk's gearing up for a feud with old foe Samoa Joe. Phil, again, I'm going to turn to you. Um, these two guys had a trilogy of matches in Ring of Honor that are, uh, well, in the annals of trilogies, practically unmatched. Um I highly, highly recommend everybody go back and watch them uh, because they don't. Somebody uh, used the the Twitter blue uh, to put them all up on Twitter, <laughs> like in like one oh, really? file. Yeah, so you want to do search? So maybe <laughs> at some point that's getting taken down, but it doesn't feel like anything gets taken down over there anymore. So uh, if if anybody wants to see that, doing a search on Twitter, they're all somebody put them all up on Twitter in one big file. Um, not that I would ever uh, encourage pirating of media no no, no sir not me but uh <laughs> it's on there on twitter uh folks want to watch again yeah, all, all three incredible and you know like really made both a lot in a, a lot of ways made the legends of both of those guys i mm-hmm. think you know punk well, you can some see stuff. it i mean you can see it i mean but if you when you start watching the first match you feel like the announcers are really um uh, protesting too much i guess i don't know just they're, they're going like they, they're talking about this as like uh as, as like you know Flare versus Steamboat or something like that and like as the match is starting and you're like okay 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 but then by the end of the first match you're like oh yeah now I'm kind of along for the ride and by the second match you're just like say you cannot scream loud enough for me to believe these guys are the best you know I mean it's it's pretty incredible but what what do you I mean what do you think that do you think that those two go to two guys could get in the ring again in the UK or elsewhere and and give us a match that'd be anywhere near as memorable I think they're both pretty smart wrestlers. And I think they don't have maybe the athleticism that they had back then. But Punk was never a guy. When you're talking about one of the real things that stands out when you watch those matches is it's not like, you know, yes, they've both lost a step, but I think that they're both much better wrestlers in a lot of ways. I mean, not just psychologically, physically, bell to bell. They they can go in ways that they they weren't in that those matches. They were they were it was those were pretty methodical matches, and I use methodical in the you know kindest possible way. Yeah, and I, I'm a big ROH fan. I, you know, went to a bunch of the shows when I was you know when they were starting out, and 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 was a big you know guy in that a, a big fan and a big uh, of that indie era. But I think almost all of the people from that era are better wrestlers. Now I talked to Brian Danielson the other day, uh, name drop, and he was talking about how he. <laughs> He was talking about how he felt like a, a better, like when he was talking about the MJF Iron Man match, that he was, that those matches were so, he was so much of a better wrestler and a smarter wrestler now than when he would do these 
Austin Aries, Cole Cabana, 60 minute draws in ROH. Cause I didn't really know what I was doing functionally back then. And now it feels like I can, I really can put together a match way better back mm-hmm. than I could back then. And, and I think probably is the same for Joe and Puck. I think Joe, you know, he's physically a little diminished, but you know, he can still turn it on, man. I, you know, he was a guy. Well, he's physically, he's a lot diminished, but he's also physically about three times as strong as he was back then. I mean, he was yeah. the strongest guy, you know, one of the stronger guys in Ring of Honor at the time, but he's just like, he's just a, a, a wall now. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that Joe's, when he started his career, really, uh, he did a big tour of Zero One in Japan, um, mm. which was a promotion that he's just sort of, even before ROH, he was, he was, you know, when he was just working in California Indies, he did a tour of Zero One. He always says that, you know, he was talking to the, late great Shinya Hashimoto and Hashimoto said to him, the thing that's important isn't what you do. It's that fire in your eyes. And that's Joe still has that. And you could tell him that match. I mean, he came off, he came off like the second biggest star in that match by a lot for Jay White coming in with a lot of hype and a lot of people talking about that. Jay White felt very much like a guy in a six-man tag. And Samoa Joe felt like the guy who, oh, man, I want to see Samoa Joe do this. You can say whatever you want to. I mean, you argue whichever direction you want about the presentation of Jay White so far. I feel like I go back and forth every week. But having him come out as a member of a tag team functionally is not going to get you over to any first-time fans, you know, whatever. But I, I agree. Joe looked great. One of my favorite things from, it must have been Joe Punk 3, was when Joe uses the ropes in the roll-up pin. You know, like Joe, Joe, like he puts his feet on the ropes in the small package mm-hmm. and doesn't get the pin, but then the fans start chanting, fuck you, Joe. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. that's like the moment. There's something, I, I'm, I'm going to have trouble putting putting this to words, but there's, 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 a, nothing, there's very few things in wrestling that are as gratifying as seeing a guy working to turn heel, like working to get the heel heat. You actually saw that on SmackDown this week with LA Knight and this recurring incident of like, like, let's get that. Let's can we please get this guy some booze so that you will appreciate the cheers you give him in three months all the more? Yeah. Um, he's so very Mysterio and got cheered. Yeah. Never yeah. In life. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about SmackDown. Don't worry. I think yeah. I just got, I think the, to, to, we can put a bow on the, on the collision conversation, but I think I should go back to my original thoughts before the show even aired, which is just like, I know it's impossible for Punk to come out and be a heel in Chicago on his triumphant return. But should Punk just be a heel? Would that be more fun, Phil? I think he'll be a heel in Canada. I think he's going to be a heel most places that aren't Chicago. That's, and I yeah. think, and I think what? So you know, I obviously it's difficult to predict or you know theorize because you know a lot of this is legal, and we don't. I'm not. I don't know Punk's lawyers. I don't know the elite's lawyers. I don't know exactly what they can. What? How much of this is? what they can't do and how much of this they can do, but there is a way to build to something. There's such passionate fans on both sides of this in intra promotional uh, feud that you could make it a really great inner promotional feud in the sense of like, can you, if you really were able to do, cause it's not just like, there's really a, a, a difference between punk fans and elite fans that goes further than just who you like, right? And it really is like what rest, what you value about it's very pro philosophical. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can imagine, uh, uh, having like a punk elite feud that's got all this personal stuff, but also this more like overt thing where it's like, what, what do we think wrestling is? Do we think it's, uh, do we think it's what CM Punk thinks it is? Do we think it's what, 
Bret Hart and what uh, Harley Race and what Ric Flair thought it was? Or do we think that it's what the elite think it is, which is a little different, which is what Shawn Michaels thinks it is and what, you know, and what uh, I was. I was of, and and, and it, it's, the old, it's the old feud, right? But it really yeah. is like this real stylistic thing. And you can see this on the, when people argue about this on the internet, right? Where it's just like the there are people, the, a lot of these elite fans are like, well, why should these guys have to be put in difficult professional situations? You know, and 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 punk fans are like, this is wrestling. Yeah. You're supposed to yeah. hate people. It's That's like, the point of it, right? Like, so uh, it's like, mm-hmm. and I think there's a real, and I can just imagine that what you could do with that, you know, it really would be like, you know, CZW versus ROH was back in the day or what New Japan versus War was or New Japan versus UWFI, you know, where you have these real people have real differences about what they think wrestling is and what it should be and how you could build that into something really impressive. And I know Tony Khan knows about CZW versus ROH. And I know he's a guy who knows about New Japan versus UWFI and all of that stuff is things that are part of his, you know, education and as, as a wrestling fan for sure so i know he's got to see it and i and it, it could be really cool and it also could never happen because you know those guys just don't aren't going to do it i wouldn't uh, say it'll reasons. never happen i wouldn't say it would never happen i think i think it has i think for other reason you just said it, it, it probably is all but certain to happen one day Right, yeah. like, and I think that's why it's gonna happen. In, it's gonna ha- be happening like twelve years in Impact Wrestling, though. It's right? Gonna, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. There was so many, so much to be said about like the legalities of like Punk versus the Elite and the, and the fallout of this. And I think in any other situation, if this wasn't like just kept under wraps for the better part of the last nine months, I think a lot of people would have fucking moved on from it by now. But I think everything you said about it is why. It's such a juicy story and continues to still be because it's not just these two people had a disagreement. It's well, this the big the big picture, I think, with all this is and I think Chris Jericho said it best when it first happened was we can fuck up a really good thing being very fucking immature. Right. Mm -hmm. Because this this whole the fact that AEW even exists is a fucking miracle in itself. Yeah. So the the fact that you got not just the elite, but the people who support the elite and everything they stood for and everything they had to do to create this company and CM Punk and everything he stands for and everything he's done to just build wrestling outside of WWE in general, you're naturally going to get two people who are going to clash a lot and and just in, in, in difference of opinion in in ways that you think wrestling should be done. So if they're not, I mean, if we're fucking bright enough to see how much money there is in that type of match, like I'm surely these two do. I think two things. <laughs> One, we right there is a, there is the real life thing that that Phil alluded to that we just don't know. I mean, I think wrestling history would prove that you're right, Kaz. I mean, that you eventually there's a dollar figure, there's motivation that those things eventually you know figure out, find a way to pay off. But I also think it just kind of shows the the. Like that, there's even in we all love our work shoots, we all love our reality bending, but there is an in there is a point at which it no longer is interesting, mm. right? I'm not saying that this feud, this rivalry, whatever is going on backstage is not interesting, um, but like you know, it's really cool when like Brian Pillman calls Kevin Sullivan Booker Man on TV, but if we had to actually like 
have a match where the stipulation was like Bri- like Brian Pillman is interviewing new writers to take his job. That would be super <laughs> boring, right? Like we don't yeah. actually care about that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that we get to a point here where it's like, okay, I, l- I love that these guys want to punch each other, but the more that we talk about it, like we're not going to have like an HR director in a cage match, right? Like there's not like there, there's this <laughs> no, thing is not going to no, play but, itself but, out. And it just what like, does? there's a point where it gets so real that it's just not fun anymore. No, but that's the thing, though. But that's what makes it real. And that's what, of course, you don't want to have like, you know, the, I understand the Bookerman Pillman sort of parallels there. But I think what you lean into, if you are going to make this into a story and make this into something that can actually draw money, is you got to you got to you got to triple down on the tribalism. And I think yeah. they're smart enough mm-hmm. to say, hey, instead of fucking fixing this on a dynamite and the fact that this shit is, is being very successful and we have opportunity to make another show, we, like, as much as we're supposed to say all the right things <laughs> when it comes to, like, wrestling and tribalism and enjoying it for some strange reason, the reason why it exists is because people pay hard-earned dollars to be proven if they're right or not and how they believe you're right. You're wrestling right. should be, so right? I think we can all say that we hope that you're right. We hope that they do something. Uh, if they yeah. don't, though, I'm going to give you an A-B. Yes. Phil, I want you in on this, too. Brian, get in. Would you, if Phil, sh- I mean, if Phil, if, if Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk, shows up on Dynamite on Wednesday and cuts a promo to start the show, mm-hmm. you have two options. And let's just say, legally, for some reason, the HR gods have come down and said, CM Punk and the Elite will never be in the same building again for the rest of their lives. All right? Or after after tonight, just for the sake of my argument. Would you rather CM okay. Punk come out, cut a promo, just a regular scene, like the one he cut on Collision, and just say, like, see y'all later, this is where I live now? Or would you rather them actually do a storyline where he, like, gets into a shoot fight with Hangman and Tony Khan comes out and he says, I can't fire you, but you're banished. You can never come back to Dynamite. You have to live on collision. Should it, if it had to be a storyline contrivance to get to a brand split, would that be better or worse? Or just do they pretend like it doesn't matter? Or pretend I'd like per- it's not happening? I'd pretend like it's not happening. You can't have Punk and Hangman fight and then not have them fight again. I mean, right. that's a, yeah. that's 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 so yeah. well, everything everybody either of them ever do until they fight again. It's going to be people wondering when they fight again. You're already having a little bit of it. Um, I also it's a tough position, right? Because I don't think CM Punk can come up, take off the AEW thing on the microphone and go, let me tell you what I think of Bullet Club Gold. <laughs> <laughs> Juice Robinson. I'm telling truths here today, Juice Robinson. This is what I don't give a shit, and people would be Dude, like, he, he had to, mm-hmm. he had to take a couple. He had to say, "You're softer than the wrestlers you like." He had to do a little bit of it, or else, what the hell am I listening to him talk for? Um, also, also, they got to get it. If he's going to pull that gimmick, he's got to get a smaller microphone because the second he <laughs> took that the little uh, what's that thing called? <laughs> what's the box thing the called? Flag. As, as soon as he took the flag off, the microphone looked like it was about two feet long, and he just looked like, <laughs> he looked like a little kid doing a news report and like a bow tie, you know? One of them extra long Bob Barker microphones. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? exactly. <laughs> like, like, like yeah, dude, down. Have your pets spayed neutered. Uh, look at Larry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I I, I um I do. Hope so I think that you got to go either in yeah. all in or all out with that stuff. You can't I have agree. them do I one agree. thing and then not do it again. I mean, maybe I you could just That's... turn it into maybe Heyman, Page, Punk are willing to work with each yeah. other. And you see the, the guys all 
did you see the numerous Zabruder film clips on Twitter of Hangman hitting Punk in the teeth with the chop? We need a new segment. Can I talk about that for a second? Yeah, please. I would love for you to. So, okay. Give a little background to people that don't that don't know. Okay. So basically, part of Punk in the in the Sports Illustrated interview was saying that he was a little worried about about being in the ring with Hangman Page for their match because he was worried that Hangman Page was was gonna. I mean, shoot on him, but sort of saying that, right? A lot of people were making fun of Punk for that. It was like, aren't you supposed to be a UFC fighter? You're going to lose, you know, wh- why are you afraid of this guy? But it's not a fight. Wrestling's not a fight. And you right. could be able to kick somebody's ass, but if they're, if you think that they're going to take care of you and they're not going to take care of you, you can get seriously hurt. And I thought that was a, I thought that was a real dumb argument on Twitter because Agreed. Yeah, totally maybe punk can beat up yeah. hangman page. Maybe you can't, right? But you certainly, it doesn't matter if you're taking a German suplex for a guy that's not going to, that's going to release yeah. it a little early and, and fuck your neck up. Right. And I can yeah. understand being nervous about a guy. Uh, about wrestling with a guy who already sort of did that, right? And do it in the ring. But that was what that line in the promo was that pissed Punk off so much, right? Is that wasn't yeah. what was supposed to happen. He kind of went off script. So I would be in the middle of the ring with a guy who clearly doesn't want to lose his title to me and is already kind of a crowbar. I'd be a little yeah. worried too. And I could understand why that might affect his performance. And I think it's a dumb thing for people did, to say, oh, you're a pussy because you're worried this guy's going to shoot on you. Do you, you see the chop guy. specifically? That there was a, he said that he, he shot on him in the promo and he did they, he if, when it slowed down it looks rather damning because punk is doing the is doing like the power pose of chop my chest right like that it's fit mm. fists clinched at his side with his biceps tense or you know, whatever and hangman from about like five inches away just chops him square in the teeth just yeah. like just just goes straight up and listen I mean, anybody that's done anything physical in their life knows that there's a lot of margin for error, right? I mean, it's not, it's, you're not going to get 100%, especially in a high pressure, high tension situation moment like that, especially in a moment where, you know, maybe you're not like fully like in the flow yet, you know, like whatever. But man, I mean, if you someone Kaz, shot me in the teeth, if Kaz shot me in the teeth, we'd we'd be talking about it, you know. Kaz, you, you're a guy who plays some pickup basketball. What happens if an elbow strays that high in your mouth on somebody when somebody's bust oh, yeah. up on you? Oh yeah, I mean, we're, we're th- that happened to me Saturday. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it through my okay. my fat lip over here, but like I took a, I tried to cut somebody's left hand off, and I got a full shoulder right into my my tooth. Oh, but there's oh, there's incidental contact, and then there's. If I'm posting, if somebody's posting me up. <laughs> we, we, yeah, fucking the, the, the technical term for it, the technical term for it is Carl Malone shit. Yes, yeah, there's, there's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's incidental and it's Carl Malone shit. Exactly. But uh, no, I, I, everything you said, Phil, is like right on the head, and and for that reason, Dave, I, Brian, I'm gonna propose this right now. I think we need to have a new weekly segment called the Hug the Grass segment, where we encourage everybody <laughs> who's listening to the show, like all, like I was scrolling through my Twitter and I. I, I saw mm-hmm. more breakdown of that footage than like the fucking Kennedy assassination. Ooh. It was like it was like it was that mixed with the people like, oh my god, Punk's such a fucking pussy for not. Tr-. Yeah, like listen, this is not like you said. This is not real fighting. You are putting another grown man in a. a, 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 a you're giving another grown man pretty much liability to do anything they want with your body. And you have to trust them to do that to get through a match, right? Like, down to the littlest, littlest fucking wrestling move. It really requires total cooperation to pull off safely. 
Like nobody does a like Brock when Brock Lesnar is doing a German suplex. Yes, he can very much give you a shoot German suplex. But if you're working with him, they're doing it in a way so you don't get hurt. And Punk, who has very famously gotten hurt working with people who wasn't either looking out for his uh, 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 physical whatever, or just probably wasn't the best in the ring. That's a real thing to worry about if you have real beef with somebody, right? So I, I get it. Like, so every week... It Dave, has nothing Brian, to do with how tough you are. Nothing. No, not at all. Zero. Not at all. It, it, it's, it's literally oh, yeah. just... It's actual... It's real deal safety. So for this week's first ever... Let's hug the grass segment. It's hug the grass. It's not touch the grass. Am no, I so out of touch that hug? hug it? No, because that's it. the thing. Touching, touching it is one thing. You need to truly come in here and embrace the grass. You need well, to. We should, let's brand, no, let's. We got to brand this. If this <laughs> is going to be a segment, let's just wait, let's call it bear hug the grass. Or bear hug get, the grass. All right. <laughs> just get down in there and really get get the 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 photosynthesis up in your nose. Um, and I, yeah, I, I do want to say something. I like crowbars. <laughs> I, I'm a Karisu fan. I'm a giant Tenru yeah. guy. I'm a big low-key defender. I really like yeah. Necro Butcher. Yeah, I don't like I like I'm not gonna complain about a guy putting some stink on a shot, and even if it goes high, but you also I, I can't complain for the guy who doesn't want to necessarily play that game. Right? Yeah. Like that's not what we're doing. If you're not Tenru, yeah. I'm sure if you wrestle Tenru, you're like, hey, you might punch me in the nose and break my nose. And I'm in here with Tenru and I'm willing to play I'm willing yeah. to I'm playing that card, but I don't well, think that Punk was a suit was coming in assuming he was going to be in that kind of fight. I there was a there was a there was a famous what Punk who what was the Punk match? There was a there was a IWC or, or um, IWA Mid South match where he had with oh with Hero who was with supposedly Hero, yeah. working took, as a producer. Where Hero he took a headbutt. Like, yeah, that's what it was. Had, I was. I was going to say Hero had him in the corner if memory serves and hit him with like. Like ten different stiff shots, but then it was like whatever the neck, the headbutt, I guess, came in, and it was like, oh, a stiff headbutt hits different than like a stiff forearm or like whatever, a stiff chop. And I'm not gonna, I, I can't get mad at anybody, even if it's your job, if something hurts in the right, it hurts in a very specific way. Listen, Happy Father's Day, we're all dads here. We all know what it feels like when your kid gets a licking on you that just hits at a magical, that magical angle. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like, it's not like it's not you're like for one second, you're not dad. Right. <laughs> you're just like, that is not OK. Like, come on. And um, that's happened to me. <laughs> and in that you so I'm not going to get mad at anybody else who's like who's who takes that one takes a specific hit. And it's just like, nah, like we're not <laughs> we, yeah. we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, that's not, or that's not what I signed up for. Like, I'm not going to play nice anymore either. Or like, whatever, you know, it's going to happen anyway. Anyway. Also, it's such I mean, a weird defense of hangman where people are like, well, everybody knows he's kind of reckless and he hurts people. It's like, everybody <laughs> knows that. Maybe he shouldn't do that if that's his yeah. job, right? Like, that's yeah, everybody, the, everybody knows is going to come in and, and like, and kind of recklessly and awkwardly fuck you up because he doesn't really know what he's doing. Okay. That seems like a weird thing for everybody to know. And maybe somebody should, maybe somebody should, Dustin Rhodes should sit him down and tell him how to throw a goddamn work punch if that's really what he's doing all the time. Um, Dustin Rhodes, by the way, manages to trend on my Twitter at least like once a week. And every time I freak out, like, I don't, or I'm like, what could possibly, <laughs> and it's always just like, oh, him just saying something sort of inconsequential on Twitter. I don't know. Anyway, good. That, that's Dustin deserves all the props. Also, Dustin is a good, is a good, 
I keep trying to think of who the best historical parallel to 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 Hangman is, or more importantly, like what the historical parallel sh- in best case scenario would be for Hangman. Mm. And obviously, you go a little southern, you go blonde, and you go babyface, and you know the the names just sort of present themselves. But I mean, it's funny if Punk's on Dynamite this week, and none of those other none of the elite dudes are. I don't even care what Punk says. I think my big complaint, I, prediction, Crystal Ball, my big my big complaint on Thursday is just like, all right, that was fine, but can we just give Hangman some TV time at some point, or are we just going to keep mm. doing the thing where he only works for us once every four months? <laughs> you know, like it's it's a it's a weird thing. Who do you who's your who's your Hangman dream parallel? Then we have to go to SmackDown. Is it like Wildfire Tommy Rich? It's or Wildfire like, uh, Tommy Rich. Okay, except with I mean, like yeah. muscles. Yeah, well, you know, Wildfire Rich had beer muscles. That's more important. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, I think it's. I mean, I think it's eighty early eighties Wildfire Tommy Rich. I think that that is where he is his best. I don't think he's very good when he tries to do work rate wrestling, like when he tries to do like I'm going to exchange a bunch of two point nine CrossFit near falls with Adam Cole. I mean, that stuff sucks. But well, when he's like in there and he's like throwing hands with moxley or like lance archer or something like that and you know he's got got the got the red running down his eyes and he's showing like some real fire that's what i think he's at his best uh i totally agree totally agree and it's not you know that the 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 iron man matches that he's done like this i mean that's yeah there's definitely an old school quality to all that too i think that there's i mean certainly so yeah i, I agree anyway we got to talk smackdown we've been it's been a long time on AEW. um we're going to talk about the big the big breakup of the bloodline. Oof. Before we get there, a couple notes. So jump in if you want, but I just I just want to speed through some of this stuff. Yeah. Um pretty deadly are your number one contenders for the tag belts, which means they're going to uh face KO and Sammy over in the UK, I guess. That's right. I'm not sure. Why do you why do we make the call for them over the brawling brutes? Are they like are they like super over in the UK for the UK? They're, they're working in NXT UK that I am not fully aware of or like it. I would assume so. I would assume they were they'd have to be a big deal in the UK, but I would also are we just giving these guys a shot? I mean, maybe that's maybe that's it. I think I think I, you know, it was very telling that as soon as the match was over, they had a promo war with Sammy and Kevin, like right mm-hmm. afterwards. And if I read in tea leaves, it seems like just really nice Sammy and Kevin foils like for good comedy you know what I mean and on top of like good work rate stuff um, I think they're a great act I love pretty good oh, I, I think do too gr- I think that, you know I, the think only thing really I, I was late I'm late on I was late on them I'm not gonna hold you like when they when they first started coming around I was like I, I, I didn't really get it like a good amount of me still didn't kind of get it but like you know I could talk I could about 80s the, heels man I mean th- yeah. these are like these are some very well they they have to overdo it on the character because of the era that they're in a little bit course, but they're but yes. they're real but they're but they're like the fantastics or in the sense that they're like this very specific archetype but they can also work also speaking of phil you can disagree if you want i don't know if you're like holding it in over there um <laughs> but they but they, you know there's they're they're legit like I'm, I'm, well tough guys i mean they're like tough guys in the ring um mm. I, 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 the only thing i don't like speaking of it is there is there was there, is there i don't know if it's still going on their alliance with austin theory because that feels like old school in a bad way that feels old school like the, the writers aren't interested enough to know the difference between two different subsets of self-absorbed heel right just because your self-absorbed heel is in very different ways doesn't mean that you like have dinner together i don't know it just all that seems a little bit odd but anyway i, I always my you know, you know my i'm not 
I'm an Austin Theory low voter. I watched that six man, which I kind of enjoyed and thought, oh, he's actually fine as like the third member of Pretty Deadly. Maybe that's what he's maybe that's what he should do. He should be the he should be like the he should be the demolition crush to Pretty Deadly's demolition, and then he's okay at that. That's, I don't know. You know what he should do? In a, in a weird way, in a weird way, I think Pretty Deadly. And I was kind of surprised that they didn't kind of go back to it on this this past SmackDown. I, I think it's fucked up that I kind of agree a little bit with what Phil is talking about because I'm a big Austin Theory supporter. I just think he just needs something to play off of right yeah. now. Like he's just so just. Like nobody gives a fuck when this dude comes out, and I think he's all. I think he's. I think he's dope, and I think he has a bright ass future. But like, they just have nothing to sink his teeth into, except he's just. I'm the youngest. You know they have like. You know they have playoff beards. You know sometimes in sports or whatever. Austin Theory should have a gimmick where he doesn't shave or cut his hair until he gets over. Like (laughs) until until the until the diehard fans accept me, I refuse to take. Yeah, but it's, it's like it's Samson a process, theory. Man, Austin Theory is having that process. He is. Man. He is. He's having it right before us. No one wants yeah. to be there, man. No, and, no, and listen, it sucks. It sucks. We've seen it with Cena. You've seen listen, it with Roman, WWE and I'm not comparing spent, him to those guys. WWE has spent more time editing and recutting documentaries about how they got the Rock, Rocky uh, Rocky Maya via gimmick wrong at the beginning <laughs> than they have actually figuring out why they got it wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like it, it just it's it's a tough spot for any young wrestler to be in. I'm just saying, I come on this show, you know, a couple, maybe once every couple months, once every six weeks or something like that for a, a while now. And I feel like we've been having the same conversation about Austin Theory for as long as I've been coming yeah. on this show. Ryan is dying. I've been like, yeah, I've been like I think this guy kind of sucks, guys. And you're like, no, no, no. They're going to get to do these not six me. things to get it right. I am him. I am him. I am holding my Austin Theory stock for everybody just so, because I just know. I just know, man, there's been too many times within history when they're putting this much effort into a guy. Mm-hmm. It's going to break eventually. It's and I like want to be that guy holding it when it finally fucking happens <laughs> to say, ah, well, I told you, motherfuckers. If Austin Theory is him. If you say you, you're, you're not, obviously they get behind some people and they're not right. But if you look at the people that they've got behind, they were people like us were saying, why are we doing this? It does generally bear out to be true in the end. Now, maybe that's just brute force after a period of time, but it might also be like, I was going to say with Pretty Deadly, it's like, when they get, when we don't, when when the, the vast majority of fans don't know who you are, but you're already getting like interview segment type gimmicks or like, you know, like host segments. We saw that with uh, Grayson Waller who's doing that stuff yes. now. You saw that with um, the Street Profits. The street profits. Yeah. Like there's, that's the answer to your question. Oh, they have something. They, they, yeah. The WWE knows they have something. We're trying to figure out how to channel it, but yeah. we know that they have something, right? And a lot of times it just takes fucking time for people, man. Like we've seen it. How many times have we seen it with people where it's just like, we just don't, you just don't have enough of a story to get people to naturally start fucking with you or naturally start being interested in you. Like, granted, we all, I think a lot of people saw the potential in John Cena when he first came out, but it wasn't until like we've, cheered and booed him so many times that it became a thing and it wasn't until like he had moments where you had reasons to really not fuck with him whether it was ECW One Night Stand or Money in the Bank against CM Punk or against Shawn Michaels for the world title at WrestleMania or all these moments where you have every reason to not fuck with this guy that eventually when he gives you what you want whether it's Cena going and becoming like the best worker in the world when he was the United States champion. It was like, oh God, this guy's fucking awesome. And Roman finally turning heel where it's like, you just sometimes I got to put out enough story 
so that when you finally get the one thing that we know we've been wanting to see, it feels natural. And it's like, well, why didn't they do this the whole time? Because sometimes it just takes time. Sometimes it just takes time for people to really have a story to fuck with you about. And that's true. And I'm going to hold on to that Austin Theory ticket as long as I have to because <laughs> I just, I, I, I see it and I've known it. And it's, it's just, it's just going to be a matter of time with him, man. I don't okay. know what the fuck it is right now. As long as we're in, I, as long as we're in confession I'll, I'll mode right now. I'll see you guys now. in mid-August when we have yeah, the same okay, conversation. Same again as long as we're do, doing confessions now, I've been hanging on to my carry, carry, uh, carrying cross stock for a long time. I feel pretty good about it after Friday night. I don't know. Self, I wasn't like that. What? You didn't like that match with AJ? Phil? Yeah. That was okay. <laughs> I have, Karrion Cross is one of those guys where, like, at some point, uh, I, I mean, that was a Vince had it right guy, if there ever oh, was one. No, Vince, first of all, Vince didn't have, Vince didn't know what he was doing. Come and, but on. I honestly, if, I don't Vince think... had, if Vince had taken a look at Karrion Cross, he would have given him the title. He wouldn't have fired him. He wasn't paying. Vince was just, they were just letting people go left and right back then. Yeah, he went out there in the dominatrix gear, and that was that was he was it was death on. Death on arrival, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. and and on top of that, like you know, the Adam Cole thing wasn't, you know, the best timing for that to happen. Like, if he says that Adam Cole cuts that promo on Karrion Cross, and literally any other time in NXT history, it's just another promo. But the fact that like it was around the time where Adam Cole already had this fucking magnificent run as the number one dude, and like NXT was going through this transitional period, and it was very much a hey, we got to make this guy a big deal off rip without so much of a, a, a real cult following before he got there. It, the, the timing kind of sucked for Karrion Cross to kind of like have that be said about him and it go viral and it's still being mentioned in even AEW promos to this day, right? So uh, uh, I, I don't yeah, know. Right. I, I've seen it. I've seen it sometimes at Karrion Cross where I get I get why people are high on him. But um, I don't know if they put a, put in enough effort like they have with like an Austin Theory where they have. Well, the, yes, of course. Know. I mean, they have, yeah. but they're, but this is this is a step. This match, the AJ Carrion Cross match, and the oh the LA Knight match, which we talked okay. about earlier, are just prime examples of what SmackDown, why SmackDown is good and when it's good. Like they, this is the kind of stuff which we should be seeing every week. I really enjoyed both those matches, Carrion Cross. Uh, I'm hanging on to my stock. I will say his finisher that they, I'm. It's not on him. Every, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something that's gonna offend a lot of people. Every fireman's carry finisher besides the F5 is trash. Everything that starts on the shoulder and you toss a guy onto the ground, except for the F5. The go is to sleep trash. is trash? No, no, no. If it lands on your knee, I'm saying if you land on the mat, it's not interesting. Oh, to okay, 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 okay. All so, it is is just a body slam bump. That's it. There's nothing cool about that. The but you're not talking fire once. <laughs> As somebody who founded, co-founded with the late Dean Rasmussen, RIP, my friend, the Death Valley Driver. No, no, no. no. You're you not talking your about head. the Death Valley Driver. No, are you? No, no, that more rules. That was overly <laughs> okay. broad. Any, anything where it's just like you're on my shoulders and then you're on the mat just lying down. I don't care about it. I don't okay. care about it. The no, F, I'm the, with you. The, the F the FU was not good, even though it, because it be stopped being a Death Valley driver. It's just like let me put you down on the mat. All these, and now they're all like, oh, I'm going to put you on my shoulder, and you're going to do a barrel roll in the air, and that's going to hurt <laughs> you more. Like it's 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 all dumb. It's all, all right. dumb. So, you should okay. be driven into the mat, not dropped into the mat. That's the thing that that's the that's the line of demarcation. There was it wasn't there a superfluous pump handle in his new finisher too. 
They yeah, throw a it pump was a handle. pump handle setup. That part of it was fine because it makes no, it I hate a, it's just not- I hate a superfluous <laughs> pump handle. Nothing worse than a superfluous <laughs> pump handle. I I feel that about that the way you feel about the the okay, fireman's that, carry. That's fine. <laughs> I take cross. I I take carry cross as as he is. <laughs> I liked it when he was doing the coquina clutch, the knockoff or whatever. I like. Yeah, like I, I thought that was I, cool. I, I at his best. Or so I say. So I'll take. I say. I take cross as he is. And I think to his great as a compliment and as a limitation, he is a very thoughtful wrestler. Everything is like this is an he has an idea and he sees it through. And then that's the move that he does. I think the pump handle fits into that category, but that's fine. You don't have to like it. I don't like to get on my shoulders and then go lie down. That's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not the go to sleep. It's the go to it's just go lie down is what all those things are. Um, anyway, uh, what else? What else to talk about from that? Oh, is there anything else? Charlotte. Yeah, Bianca Charlotte on the Grayson Waller effect, which was very intriguing. I didn't tell think me, they'd get to tell me. You you take this one. So I, I mean, I didn't think, you know, we'd get to Bianca Charlotte this quickly. And I think they're really trying to tell I think they're already subtly telling a, a, a story of an attitude change at Bianca. I don't know if it's gonna be a full on heel turn, but she dyed the hair black. She's not getting a rematch uh, off of Charlotte. Uh, I mean, off of Oscar after losing the uh, the women's world title. I don't know which one's which. The Oscar title, and um, you know they had a promo battle that was really on some. You, you, you sure you don't want this at WrestleMania one day? Like, are, are we going to SummerSlam with this? Because that's what it felt like. It definitely felt like you know Charlotte definitely had her point. She lost the women's title to Rhea Ripley and never got her rematch, which is uh, you know a fair thing to say. Bianca lost the title to Asuka, didn't get her rematch. She said she's going to be ringside at, in the UK to watch uh, that match. And I, I think all signs are pointing to a Bianca Charlotte uh, match. And I hope it's not for the title. It, it seems like it's going to be something where, which is, is, you know, one thing WWE is killing on right now is, or doing a lot better job as, is, is building wrestling storylines that don't necessarily involve the titles. And I think the Becky Trish, uh, Zoe Stark, despite like the, the bizarre Zoe Stark promo mm -hmm. thing, I think is doing a good job of that. The yeah. women's tag team titles and the unification, even though that's not the singles title, I think that's a good job of doing that. And now you got Bianca and Charlotte that are starting this sort of rivalry um, that really dates back to you know, what's a, what's a title reign mean, really? One thing Charlotte said was, yeah, even though I lost uh, 14 or 13 other times, I got right back up and, you know, pretty much flaunting that she's a 13-time world champion. Where Bianca's like, listen, I'm the longest reigning champion ever, and I didn't need to lose my belt 13 times to prove it. And then that's when I was like, okay. I don't know if it's going to be a SummerSlam match, but once I saw that, I'm like, that should be something that happens in the stadium. And I hope it's not for a title. I hope it keeps Asuka and, and, and the championship important. It keeps her important. And, uh, you know, that I think it's going to signify maybe not a full-on heel turn for Bianca. I think that was a heel turn. But I think that felt... I think I, uh, they've, been, they've been treading water for so long that any move feels like a really deliberate choice. It feels like she's going to lose it soon, right? Like, she's been practicing her patience a lot with this yeah, that's what I was going to say I think that I think I think we were supposed to see that as a heel turn although you know Charlotte's always an interesting one to sort of 
be facing down when you're trying to make a move. You don't know if WWE is in the, of, of the mindset that Charlotte is the greatest baby face of all time or if they're <laughs> in their realist mode. Yeah. But, um, yo, big look for Grayson Waller, though, by the way. Like, I yeah. thought that was that was dope. Um, and he, he fit well, he looked very Miz like. Uh, uh, we gotta do, we gotta do futures bets. Uh, yeah. maybe Thursday or next week, we'll do futures bets and just try to actually like make bets on, on who's mo- who, like, what should we do? Like likelihood of like being in a WrestleMania match, likelihood of being in a <laughs> WrestleMania main event match, whatever yeah, within, yeah. within the next two years. Um, because Waller, I, I mean, I love him so much. I don't know how fast you can get out of having a talk show and really get into significant matches, but like, I don't know, man, in the, in the heyday of SmackDown, like the SmackDown six era of SmackDown, that kind of thing. You could, he could have gone from, he could have gone from hosting a talk show to feuding with the Undertaker, at, you know, at a major, at a big four pay per view in like yeah. fifteen minutes. You know, like it's nah, he, he's 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 proof that 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 hard reset of NXT might work better than bringing back a bunch of guys who got let go before that, right? Like yeah. now it's like okay. Uh, for taking futures bets, right? Like, would you bet on the next five years of Kyle O'Reilly or the next five years of Grayson Waller? You know what I mean? Well, it's Ky- pretty easy. Doesn't Kyle O'Reilly have like a career-ending injury? I would probably pick Grayson Waller because I'm pretty sure Kyle Riley's next. I did not know he but had I agree with you. <laughs> I'll take Kyle. I'll take I'll take Waller over Adam Cole. Right. Okay. Adam Cole. I'll put it like that. Five, five next five years. Oh, of I don't. I don't know if I would go that far. I would have done healthy O'Reilly. I think maybe, but he, but I don't know. I would say Kyle O'Reilly because I know Dave loves Kyle O'Reilly and not knowing he's that he's, guy. he's one of the great, one of the greatest wrestlers of all did time. Did not know he, he had a career <laughs> threatening injury. My bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I'm just saying. No, I mean to me, to me, the to me, the Kyle O'Reilly killer was the hat. It was cool Kyle at NXT. I mean, I still love him to death, but it's like. It almost looks like That's satire what, now, right? Like looking forward to it. It's almost like somebody came up to him and was like, "Yo, we need all you guys to like figure out a fucking character." It's a little bit. And it's like, like the Funhouse Mirror version. Around. It's it's a Funhouse Mirror version of Bray Wyatt, where somebody went to Kyle O'Reilly and they're like, "Kyle, we got big things planned for you. I want you to go home, <laughs> spend two weeks, just do whatever. Go take some peyote or, or do some hard exercise, whatever you have to do to conceive of." the crazy like the best next evolution of your character and come back here ready to do it and two weeks later the office door (laughs) opens up and kyle o'reilly's wearing a wearing a page boy hat or whatever you know and it's just like great that 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 was what do we and what do we do tomorrow like whatever (laughs) and but and i I, whatever bray wyatt there's rumors that he's on the way back but doesn't it feels like bray wyatt is uh Feels like Bray Wyatt's a, one of the irritating guys that would have hung out on the message boards back in the day, Phil, sometimes, where he's just like, he's like a Dungeons and Dragons player who only likes to make characters but doesn't like to play the game, <laughs> right? He's like, he's like, I got this awesome idea, and it's like all worked out, and it's like he's got a 50-page Bible, but then there's not actually a, th- there's not actually a thing to do, yes. right? It's like, it's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to go on this mission. Okay, you ready? You're walking down the high. You're walking down the street. And uh, in like fairy lays, like no, but I've got the sword of destiny, and I kill everyone. Like, Dude, this is not, it's not how that works. Like, it's not. Anyway, I'm way off subject here, guys. I, um, I would like to take a little bit of a a, a sl- slight victory lap on Bray Wyatt because I remember I was doing the post show when he came yeah. out, and everyone was yeah. like, "Isn't this incredible?" I'm like, "I don't know, not really." 
Kind of looks like the same dumb shit he was doing before. It's probably going to be pretty stupid about three weeks. And lo and behold, pretty stupid about three weeks. I'm just saying. But man, but man, when he comes back, it's going to be so cool just to see him back. Well, listen, they brought, they, they, they announced a payback on September, was it September 8th or September whatever? And uh, Payback hasn't been out since uh, Roman lost. I mean, Roman won the his first of his other world titles uh, against Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. So maybe there's a tie-in there to the end of the Bloodline story and the end of the Roman story and maybe the return of Bray as far as that Payback uh, premium live event is concerned. Like, you think there could be something tied there? I don't know. I mean, the uh, AEW just hired Jimmy Jacobs, and Jimmy Jacobs was the guy doing all that, like, uh, was was booking all that weird spooky shit and impact for a long time. So maybe yep. maybe Jimmy Jacobs is in his lab thinking up all of the zombie stories they could tell about Bray with, with uh, Bray Wyatt with a slightly different name or something like that. Maybe they, you know, uh, Jimmy Jacobs is a t- Jimmy Jacobs has got to be like a top three. Uh, I've seen selfies of them with the most random wrestler with, you know, with like everybody online wrestlers in the world. Guy was on a like every way of the blade podcast. Because I did a blog interview with Jimmy Jacobs. Oh, yeah. Good guy. Good dude. Um, Told a bunch of stories about how he bladed for in like high school as part of like a, as part of a, like a pro, like a, like a, like a project about it. Like, like a school project. Like I'm going to show you how to blade and then bled too much on, uh, in high school. It's a complete lunatic, yeah. but uh, I love Jimmy Jacobs. <laughs> Very weird that they replaced uh, for, for your old school RH fans, very weird that they yeah. replaced BJ Weber with Jimmy Jacobs as like a, as a uh, that's an amusing like I've got uh, almost like a, a free association thing for hiring. Oh, we got to get rid of BJ Weber. Not if if B, if he's back, if Hero gets hired, let's just say hypothetically. And I don't know what Chris here. I, I know I don't. I mean, I, I know Chris. The last time I talked to Hero, he hadn't talked to. I don't think he even knew Tony Khan particularly well or anything so uh but you know i like chris hero a ton and i think he's brilliant you know when it comes to the thought process of wrestling but if those guys are both hired is there who's who's left kevin kelly's back um uh prince nana is fully employed apparently like who from the ro from your roh heyday is is sitting around waiting for i have an answer for this it it should be homicide and julia smokes it should be the Rottweilers. That should be, you should bring in those guys, uh, and Loki if you can stand them. But, uh, but, and maybe you can't, but you got a whole show of discontented weirdos. That's like a whole, that's your gimmick <laughs> yes. now, right? So uh, call up Loki, get Loki in there, get Homicide in there, By the get way, Julius Smokes, the devil's son in law, J Train in there. Uh, and, uh, who, and those would be my ROH guys who are, who I think are, would, would, could really add something to it. Um, by the way, that's the answer to the question I posed at the top of the show. AW Collision should have been, I don't mean you have to have like, this is not like, it's not filmed in grainy black and white. This is not the NWO takes over Nitro. But AW Collision should have been pretty pretty explicitly branded as the show of discontented weirdos. <laughs> like if you lean into that, it's actually interesting. These are guys that can't get along with any other people. Yeah. Like, let's just put now they're now now the fights are going to really feel like I mean, something, I think right? Kind of did that, right? I mean, that's what Miro was. That's what Andrade was. They that's no, Scorpio that's who, Sky. That's who they literally are. Yeah. I'm talking about the way that you present yeah. the show instead of making it just feel like the next two hours of Dynamite. Have it like say like, guys, we have a different announce team. Things feel the 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 show looks different. It feels different. Why? Well, this is a different show. This is a different show because these guys are not. This is not 
irregular, happy locker room. <laughs> we don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, make him feel a little bit edgy. So hire anyway. Loki. That's it. That's perfect. Like, you don't get more. Discon- make him the general manager. <laughs> exactly. Make him the on-screen authority yes, figure. Come and then the- have, make him the on-screen authority figure that refuses, that puts himself in every main event and refuses to lose. Man, be- <laughs> come out with this deep voice and this hitman suit. And then, you know, just come out like it. Just. Make it weird, oh, man. So that guy's good. still pretty good in the ring. He had like some. I wrote up on at least one Loki match at some point over the last year. He still could go a little bit and uh, could definitely, I imagine, motivated with the paycheck, could go even more. Okay, we have to get out of here. So let's talk about the bloodline. Uh, you mentioned money in the bank. We're definitely going to have, we have a main event announced. Roman and Solo Sokoa versus the Usos, the bloodline Civil War mm. copyright and trademark WWE 2023. <laughs> um, They're ending the show. That was a really great segment, man. Oh my God. I mean, I don't know that there was anything, I don't know that there was anything surprising about the way they pulled it off, except that they just did it and it felt like, it felt huge, man. Kaz, what, what, give me your read. Man, uh, I, 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 I got to, Get a lot of interactions from people I really respect, obviously, uh, when I tweeted that the Bloodline storyline is the greatest storyline in, in the history of WWE. And um, I think Eric Bischoff quote tweeted it and and put the the 100 emoji. So I figured that would work. Uh, Paul, you said people you respect, though. It's Hey, you be nice. You be <laughs> nice, Dave. Freaking respect the hell out of Bischoff. Uh, I think Heyman uh, shared it as well. Uh, Corey, lots of people. And um, it's all been on the back of Jey Uso this entire time. Like, from from the very beginning of Roman's return, uh, it was really all about Jey. And, you know, last week, I think we had a discussion on what the WWE would have looked like had Cody went over and the titles weren't necessarily uh, a part of this Bloodline storyline. And I think this Friday, to me anyway, and I'm sure people are going to feel free to disagree with me or not, it all but solidifies why Roman should have went over at WrestleMania, right? Like, there's there's the madness that I think is going to come from this is going to carry into the next spring through SummerSlam, through Royal Rumble, and whoever gets there. But it's always had to, like, find a way with Jay. So now you got them in a situation where I believe that Roman's going to eat his first pinfall in, like, three years. And I think, like, there's a way that he gets that. There's, there's no titles on the line. It's a, it's a big stakes match. Emotionally, there's probably more to give up there. And now you're setting a stage where you can give... Roman, who I guess a lot of people were finding reasons to cheer for, as always, more of a reason to become an even bigger fucking monster heel than he was this past year. Like, in some ways, when we watch movies and break down TV shows, like, family sort of softens you, right? Like, when you, when you're like, when we watch these like main characters on television that are like obviously like maniacal, sort of like, you know, uh, just just psychological fucking bad guys, when they really lose their shit is when, like, their family starts to fucking leave them or the people close to them finally leave them. And I think now we have an opportunity where now not just, like, Solo is going to be able to become an, uh, an even bigger star now, but I think every single thing that happens... Look, at, look how fucking crazy that place went 
when on, mm-hmm. on that double super kick. Like anytime anything of any significance negatively happens to Roman Reigns, ever since the Royal Rumble, where where Sammy first turned on him, it's turned into this is the greatest thing in ever in the history or whatever. Like when Jimmy turned on him, it was massive. It's like, it's like at one point, Seth hitting Roman with the with the chair to break up the shield was like that, oh my God, barbershop fucking moment. And they've had like three yeah. of those in the past year already just because of how hot this storyline has been. And, I th- and, and hovering above all of that now is the fact that this dude is walking around with three title belts <laughs> like a fucking madman. And like that, that vision of whoever is finally going to conquer him for all of that shit trumps anything they could have did in Hollywood. You know what I mean? So like that's yeah. that like it was so well fucking done. And the best part about it is it's it's just about to get even better, in, in my opinion. Because now the fall totally, totally agree. As a, as an aside, I hope that Triple H comes out and gets mad that they're still carrying the other two belts, and then they have to have a separate negotiation where he's like, "Okay, I'll give you a new new belt <laughs> that'll be bigger than all the other belts, but you have to promise to give back the rest of the belts." <laughs> And stop dragging them around on all the shows, and then that becomes the whole thing. Go, then he wins, and he still has the three other belts. I just, I just, I don't think just give him anyway, a belt Phil? every year. Like for every year he stays champion, just give him one more. Just give it, make it a different color. Call it the Infinity Belts or something, and just fucking oh, there you go. Collect them all. Hogan had three. Hogan had three different <laughs> belts. Yeah, it's true. Should do the whole uh, Ultimo Phil? Dragon thing where he has. Remember how Ultimo Dragon had eight belts at one point? Yeah. <laughs> he's coming out with yeah. eight belts like a. So maybe that's it. maybe the storyline is that Triple H. You know, there's that like meme of Triple H holding like eight, like seventy five <laughs> title belts. Maybe Triple H is mad that Roman's actually doing it, and he never did. Yeah, that's a, that's where the beef comes from. They got to do it. So, so Kaz, you have, so you're, they put you in charge of this. You have Jay win at what, SummerSlam? He's the guy who beats Roman for the title? No, 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 no. I would say, I would say Jay pins Roman at, um, at Money Money in the Bank. bank. But But you don't have him be the guy that finally takes the title from him? No, I don't think, I don't think he finally, I mean, I, I would love it. I think it would be an incredible story, but I think, um, I think what's more important than who takes the title off of him is who's the first person to get a fucking, to really get a, a pound of flesh from him. And I think Jay being that person to finally like pin his shoulders one, two, three. And, and I, I forgot who the fuck, who, who, who tweeted this out and I'm not even sure how accurate it is. But apparently Jay was also the first person to pin Roman in his WWE career, like when he was part of the Shield. So there's like some sort of like cyclical sort of storytelling there that you could tell that can lead you into a main event SummerSlam match with Roman versus Jay that really feels like, yo, Jay's going to be the fucking guy to finally do it. I'm not sure. I don't think they were kayfabe related at that point. No, right? they WWE weren't. History, but you can tell. So. I, mean, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> talked about. But I think, you know, once it was, it was mentioned here and there, they're like, oh, okay. But like, it wasn't necessarily something that they, I think they shot away from. But Wait, is there anybody, since we're just doing this, is there anybody in the Money in the Bank match? If it doesn't matter who wins, is there anybody in that men's money in the bank match who could win that and then come take the title from Roman after Jay beats him at, at, at on the oh, same? Oh, you know night? my pick. Is it LA Knight? <laughs> no, it's got to be Logan Paul. Got to be. Oh, Logan if he Paul. gets in the match, he's, well, he's be on, on Raw tonight. tonight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's on Raw tonight. Doesn't it? it wouldn't shock me if he's a 
If he's, he's a last minute replacement. And if you want no. to turn. If you go to WWE.com right now, you'll see that Logan Paul is coming back in the Raw preview. And there are three matches that are all apparently being populated by CGI created people. <laughs> <laughs> None of these pictures is of an actual human being. So I, I uh, although I remember that yeah, I ahead. was pitching Logan Paul to win the money in the bank. And I said they should have had him do it instead of theory like a year or so ago. Mm. But if you're going to have Logan Paul win the title, it's got to be Jay, right? Yes. Jay wins yes. the title. Jay, Jay wins, wins the, the title. title. He finally does it. Then yes. all of a sudden the thing hits and Logan Paul comes out with four <laughs> other uh, uh, fucking Instagram people that I've never heard of and like a whole thing. Oh, no, and he's- dude. He comes out with like <laughs> dancing prime people in different colors and shit. And, like, yeah. the, the Just. All the thing, right? You know, he's got the logos all over his tights. Yeah. And then he pulls some shit and he's the one. Cause that's, that's, and then, you know, like Jay finally does it. And the worst person to beat him is the guy who beats him. Cause I don't think Logan Paul beating Roman makes sense. It's two guys that everyone hates. You see, Mm -hmm. Phil, you see the, you see the vision, Phil. You see the fucking vision. Like, what if Logan just came out in a CM Punk t shirt? Would that be (laughs) just as good? Fuck. Or would that get him over? I I don't think, I think that'd be just as worse as anything. I think. Listen, if WWE, you know what they're going to do right after like Logan Paul cashes in and becomes like universal champion or whatever, it becomes, oh, this is the most socially engaged, most viewed moment in the history of Everdom, like bigger than the Super Bowl, bigger than the, like that's what all this is for. Like, and then fuck it. You get, you give, you give him Bad Bunny versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania or something for the title. And that or, is, or this is what you do with Rome. Yeah. Right, he's like is he goes to has his lowest point. He loses his entire family, and but that he goes away for a little while. Logan Paul runs wild. His music mm. hits. He comes out and says, Big "You know, I've, I, I've had a, a, a rough year. I've done some real things, but I'm of somebody who all I, you know, my family going back generations is all about professional wrestling, and I can't tolerate this." You know what I mean? I won't allow this to be what it looks like now. I'm I've come back. I'm on my own. No bloodline. No Heyman. It's just me. And I'm coming for Logan Paul. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for that title. I'm coming to restore the greatness of pro wrestling. Let's jump it up a fucking notch, Phil. Let's jump it up a notch, right? Roman goes away for a little bit, right? He's fucking, as Logan Paul is running amok and making a mockery of this fucking prestigious title that Roman has held for the past three fucking years, Roman gets a pep talk from none other than who? Big cousin Dwayne. Dwayne and Logan's like, you're going to let this motherfucker run around with what we built together? With this, this, that, and the third, you go out there and you go fucking get your title back. Roman's a big fucking baby face. He goes out there. Logan and Roman are having the match. Who fucking cost Roman the title? <laughs> big cousin Dwayne. Right. And oh, now, and now, you're like, fuck the title. The, t- the title that means the most to me is being the fucking head of the table. And the head of the table match. No titles, no belts, no nothing. Dwayne Roman 40 or yes WrestleMania 40 or 41 one of those and then you could that's run Logan Paul, Bad Buddy, or you could run Logan. Oh, maybe that's yeah, maybe that's, that's where you could have Cody could do the same thing in, in a lesser way. You know, oh, though, for this sure. is wrestling. Well, you know, dilly dilly, dilly and FM win. Uh, but yeah, no, I like it. <laughs> no, yeah, there we go. See, this it, is why. Yeah. Uh, 
That's how we're getting. That's how we're getting the march. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Call, call us up. Uh, call us up, Nick Kong. We're available to. We'll write this all out. The four it's of really us. Really good stuff. Oh my god. When was the Rock's last match? Was it the uh, the uh, the the Wyatt family? Right. WrestleMania, well, that WrestleMania as a match? Yeah, when he had the the stirrups, when he when he bust out the the button up pants and. Yeah. yeah, but that was that wasn't really a match, was it? I think his last match was, yeah, was against uh, was against uh, Cena at Mania, right? Even if you count, mm-hmm. even if you count the Wyatt family mm-hmm. match, he's been out. He hasn't wrestled so. Long. Yeah, it's got to be almost eight years now, right? Eight nine. It's years? longer than CM Punk didn't wrestle. Yeah. and he's also like forty, the fifty something. Trussell four hundred and five. Trussell. Yeah, he's still in pretty good shape. He looks all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think they could. I think they could. But you know, they could bells and whistles some stuff together. I'm not, for I'm not calling it. I'm not. I'm not questioning what you guys were saying. I just went off on a thought tangent because because I've been booking him into everything left and right too. And at some point, it's like, it's like um, it's caught some caught some real. It's like when everybody lately, says rock. He could use a. He could well, use no, a. I was, I was gonna say. I was gonna say it's like when everybody, you know, people are like Elvis is, you know, the Elvis death deniers, yeah. you know, whatever. And then at some point you do the math and you're like, well, Elvis would have been like 91 today, so he he's dead. Yeah. Whether or not he died, then he's dead. At some point you're like, The Rock is retired. Whether or not he's sure. actually like gonna announce I, it, I just so think those those it, are actually. names and brands that are just. Doesn't that seem like names and brands that are strong enough to pull a Rock in? That doesn't seem like he's going back to like get some WWE love. It would seem like yeah. something that would fi- factor in Logan, Roman, and him somehow. Oh, I agree. Would make sense. Just like not even just like like you would do that anywhere. I think it's you know a what I mean. Like idea. that's 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 something that would make a lot of sense. Getting out, getting out of this storyline is going to be a real magic act. I mean, to, to do it, and, and and frankly, I'm shocked that we got Thursday as relatively quickly as we did. I mean, Friday, sorry, as relatively quickly as we did, and I'm shocked that. A day later, we had a promo poster for the Bloodline Civil War yeah. with that name and everything. You know, like it's like I'm surprised that we're already getting out because I know that the that the the extrication from the storyline, however, wherever it goes, is going to be it's going to be crazy. And but you pitched a good one. You guys, you guys did great work, and that's why you're on the that's show. Right. Um, <laughs> we got to get out of here. We've been going forever. Yes. Brian, you have to edit this down to a 45-minute show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Take uh, out all the CM Punk stuff. <laughs> do whatever you want. Um, uh, Kaz, Phil, you want to get to... Uh, Phil, go first. Get your plugs in. Uh, me and Nick Bond are doing some stuff on Patreon. Uh, um, I, check it out. Check it out. We've got the, the old column, the rigor column. I'm still doing that a little less blown out than it was before. Uh, outside of that, I got some things that may or may not be coming uh, forward. I might have something for... Uh, uh, keep keep an eye on my Twitter. <laughs> Would be my answer to that. Just, watch this space. Watch this space. <laughs> Kaz, what do you yeah, got? Yeah, man. Uh, say less with Kaz, Loki, and Rosie every Monday on YouTube.com or wherever you get your podcast. We had a great guest this week, uh, Cinco Walls and Melvin Gregg of The Blackening. The movie's out right now. Uh, come check that out. Um, also catch me on Count on the Points Bet app. Uh, doing all NBA draft content this week and. I guess uh, Bradley Beal and Chris Paul whereabouts uh, as well. And um, I'll be on Ultimate Money in the Bank 3 uh, right before uh, Money in the Bank next Saturday on Peacock uh, with the wonderful people, Matt Camp, Sam Roberts, and Ryan Popola. So check that out on Peacock. And uh, yeah, that's what I got. 
Cassie's going to be in New Japan uh, next week, and then I think he's uh, <laughs> he's going to do the CMLL anniversary show. And I, uh, uh, so yeah, you got to keep an eye on Cassie. Listen, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. Wherever good graphs are happening, I will be there. Okay? It's okay. Oh, my, my money, my <laughs> Kaz is going to invent time travel just so he can go work like the AWA and all the Crockett territory. Just he's going to get. I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna finally get my hands on that Houston footage that uh, Billy yeah. Corgan's been hoarding yeah. from like '82, <laughs> and Cash is gonna show up interviewing Jose Lothario. It's like is that Cash was he even alive back then. <laughs> That's my gimmick. Oh uh, man. <laughs> You can find me here. You can find me on the Press Box. Be sure to listen to all of the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. This one, Cheap Heat, and Wednesday Worldwide. Thank you so much to Super Producer Brian Waters for producing this episode of the show. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here on Thursday, you and This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.